Welcome to the Meant for Good podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Holbrook, and I believe that each of us have been given gifts, dreams, skills, and ideas that we're meant to share with each other. My goal is to share stories that challenge and inspire you and I to connect with people around us because we are meant for good. Hello, and welcome back to the Meant for Good podcast and another episode of Friends and Fables. I'm your host, Hana, and I want to jump right into this fable from Aesop. It's called The Man, the Boy, and the Donkey. A man and his son were once going with their donkey to market. As they were walking along by its side, a countryman passed them and said, You fools, what is a donkey for but to ride upon? So the man put the boy on the donkey, and they went on their way. But soon they passed a group of men, one of whom said, See that lazy youngster? He lets his father walk while he rides. So the man ordered his boy to get off and got on himself. But they hadn't gone far when they passed two women, one of whom said to the other, Shame on that lazy lout to let his poor little son trudge along. Well, the man didn't know what to do, but at last he took his boy up before him on the donkey. By this time they had come to the town, and the passers-by began to jeer and point at them. The man stopped and asked what they were scoffing at. The men said, Aren't you ashamed of yourself for overloading that poor donkey of yours and your hulking son? The man and boy got off and tried to think what to do. They thought and they thought, till at last they cut down a pole, tied the donkey's feet to it, and raised the pole and the donkey to their shoulders. They went along amid the laughter of all who met them, till they came to Market Bridge, when the donkey, getting one of his feet loose, kicked out and caused the boy to drop his end of the pole. In the struggle, the donkey fell over the bridge, and his four feet being tied together, he was drowned. That will teach you, said an old man who had followed them. Please all, and you'll please none. This fable's pretty intense, and I think there's a lot in here that we can learn. One of the things that has hindered me the most in my life is trying to be quote-unquote good in someone else's eyes, or even in my own. I've been thinking a lot lately about objective truth. People say things like, that's your truth, or that's my truth, as if truth could change based on the way either of us experience something. That's a very dangerous idea that can lead to a lot of harm. If it rains and you don't experience the wetness because you have an umbrella, that does not remove the reality that the rain is wet, especially for someone that doesn't have an umbrella. I love how St. Augustine, or St. Augustine, combated skepticism in his time about the reliability of the senses and whether or not they could be used to gain any knowledge. He observed an oar in the water and saw that the oar was straight until it was placed in the water, at which point it appeared to be bent. And he noted, I may be wrong about what the oar is actually doing, but I still can be confident that I'm perceiving the oar as being bent. Whether he understands his perceptions at that moment or not, he can be sure that he is perceiving something, so we know that we can obtain knowledge from our senses. The question is, how do we know if that knowledge is accurate or true? And this is why I've made podcasts about having a logical process for discerning the truth of what you perceive, and I'll link those in the notes to this podcast. We do need to ask questions and test our theories, and yes, Truth can absolutely be obtained through our perceptions given a proper understanding of truth. So let's define truth. 
According to the Oxford Dictionary, truth is that which is true or in accordance with fact or reality. So what is true is in accordance with fact or reality. And this leads me to the next argument by Augustine, or Augustine, however you want to pronounce it. Some of the skeptics he encountered doubted that truth could be achieved by mankind. And Augustine pointed out that even these skeptics had to admit to certain truths themselves, mainly the truth that there is no truth discoverable. And in our own time, when people say that truth is subjective, they are defeating their argument because this statement itself is presented as an objective truth while claiming that all truths are subjective. So we have people paradoxically claiming that we can't know what truth is. We have people trying to determine what is right based on what feels right or what other people tell us is right. But we know that our perception can be distorted. So we know that what we think or feel can have distortions that cause us not to perceive reality accurately. We know that people around us can have these distortions. Just think about what happened in this fable. Depending on who the father, his son, and the donkey were around, every option they had was wrong in one place or another. In that story, truth is subjective. In actual reality, the father in that story needs to take ownership of his life, and he needs to take the initiative and do his due diligence to determine what is best. And this brings us to God, his word, his truth, and his design for mankind in reality. God has given each of us things to steward in this life and to steward in a way that is pleasing to him. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is Yahweh, God Almighty, invisible form, the creator of the universe, the one who created reality and therefore truth, because truth is that which is in accordance with reality, the one who created all the things we're trying to get to the bottom of right now chose to humble himself, appear in a human form that we could understand and relate to, and sacrifice his life to atone for the sin that we can never atone for, and to reconcile us to himself, reconcile us to God, Yahweh, the Father. So we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and also that no one comes to the Father except through him, through Jesus. We have to accept that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is Yahweh in visible form, and that he is our salvation. We accept that and cultivate believing loyalty toward Jesus. We don't worship any other gods. We don't place anyone or anything else in a position of authority or value in our lives that is above him. He is sovereign over all creation. He created everything. He deserves that position of value and authority in our lives. So the focus shifts from me trying to get you to think I'm good so that I can feel okay about myself to me trying to live my life in a way that is pleasing to Jesus. So you see how there's a shift that happens there. Truth is no longer determined by the people around me or their opinions. I no longer need to be good in their eyes. Truth is determined by Christ, and my focus shifts to living in alignment with his truth living in a way that pleases him. And what does that look like? Mark 12, 30 through 31 tells us, in Jesus's words, he's speaking about the greatest commandment. And he says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, 
You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So love him with everything you've got, and in all the things you do, do them unto him, because he's worthy. He's worthy of your very best in every situation. Also, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So take this way of living unto God and allowing him to be the truth that governs our lives and apply it to the Father in this fable. If he's using his heart, soul, mind, and strength to honor God, then he's going to want to understand how best to steward what he's been given. And in this particular situation, he has a donkey, a son that he's in charge of teaching and taking care of. He's also going to want to teach his son to honor God above all else. And the father has a journey that he has the privilege and responsibility of making. So he should know what his donkey can handle, how much weight, how far he can walk, what kind of provisions he needs, what is appropriate for this creature, and how to avoid harming it. Same thing for his son. He should know all of those things about his son. He should be able to gauge how far his son can walk before he needs to be carried by the donkey, if he even needs that. And he should know those things about himself as well. So he should know before he sets out how long this journey is going to be and what it will take to get there successfully. He could acquire this information through books or by talking to other people and gathering information, but he should know to the best of his ability what the members of his party can handle before he sets out on this trip. And obviously, that can change. Some of the members may need things he hasn't accounted for, but any changes that are made shouldn't just be based on the whims and opinions of people that he passes along the way. So this shows poor stewardship on his part and that he's not grounded in truth. God's truth, the truth, is loving. If we live to please him, we're going to desire the best thing for all involved, and we're going to do the work and the research required to achieve that, even if that's hard or uncomfortable, even painful sometimes. This father's wishy-washy approach to this journey shows that he's not rooted in truth. He does not find value in an unchanging, perfect, and loving God who leads him toward peace and truth or toward proper stewardship and well-being. He finds his value in the opinions of others, which leads him to insecurity and ultimately the loss of his donkey and the traumatization and poor training of his son. The pursuit of subjective truth and trying to please everyone around you leads to destruction. But by seeking to please God, we are automatically going to seek to love him and others and steward the things we've been given by understanding them and seeking the actual truth so we can take good care of what we've been given. And the acceptance of the reality that Jesus gave his life for us to save us from hell and to sanctify us, his graciousness and love towards us should lead to gratitude from us towards him which leads to the desire to do the work to steward what we've been given and to honor God in all that we do. There's a way that God designed us to live. There is truth that we have access to through him and his word, and truth that can help us live our lives wisely, lovingly, in a way that is beneficial for everyone involved. Truth is objective, and if you seek Jesus, you'll find it. Thank you so much for listening, and please feel free to rate this podcast if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. You can share it, leave a comment, or continue the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Substack. Just look us up at Mint for Good Podcast.
This episode was brought to you by Linda Bilson. She provided financial support and overall encouragement for the engineering and production of today's interview. If you would like to contribute towards future episodes, you can email me, meantforgoodpodcast at gmail.com.